Sports Center. Yeah. Brought Brought to you by. I know. I'm always like talks like that. I always wonder that. Does he really talk like that in his everyday life? Like when he's at Starbucks, like, I'll have a latte, please. (laughs) And they're like, sure, we'll have it brought to you by. Get out of here. Way back, hooks up. There's a cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He is hit for the cycle. All right. All right. All right. It's the cycle. We are back. I got my man Kevin Bozeman here. Yes, always great to be on this. I like this, man. It's oh, got a so good fun. rhythm. It's a yeah. good flow. Great guests so again. We just finished up uh, with Connor McKnight, and uh, we were thrilled to have him. We got Ryan Chavarini coming up. Yep, we're right around the corner. When is the, uh, when is the uh, White Sox home opener? The home opener is the 8th. That's uh, a Friday. Uh, who, against who? They open against the... That's I know a trick this. Question. No, right? come on, man. Now you put me we, on the spot. We are on the road to start the season <laughs> off against the National League team, correct? No, they're on the road. They open against the A's. I know that April fourth. Oh, wait, April fourth. They play Diego. in San Diego. Those are just exhibition games. Oh, San Diego yeah, yeah, exhibition yeah. games. The right. opener is the fourth against Oakland, and then the eighth is the Indians. I think it's a divisional. I knew it was a divisional thing. So yeah, that's Friday the eighth. And, and, and tickets and, and are on sale. And then go to WhiteSox.com. I mean, Indians are, are are pretty good too. Yeah, that'd be good. We're gonna have a very well. They got a great manager. Top division. They got a lot of young talent, good pitching, and the, Francona's yeah. good manager. I love. I pay money for a Kluber sale. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be Speaking of Chris Sale, you brought up his name. I want to want to tell the listeners this. If you're listening, we want some reviews on iTunes. We would love to. You know, good, bad, indifferent. You guys post a review. We're Helpful gonna put tips, you. We're gonna you put you in the running for a hat. We're gonna put your names in an autographed Chris Sale hat, and then we will pick a winner and we will send you that hat. Uh, White Sox hat autographed. It'd be great if it wasn't a White Sox hat. It's a cowboy hat. <laughs> it's a. You know those hats with the on, propellers on top, matching spurs. <laughs> we have one of those autographed by Chris Sale. <laughs> those beanie hats with the propeller yeah yeah take you right back to the little rascal days it's a white socks hat and um what kind of hat is it let me ask brad it's a uh it's just a black socks hat it's not the spring training hat it's just a their uniform Do hat it. fitted and chris sale signed it uh and it's in cursive too it's in, it's not he didn't print his name it's in cursive <laughs> it's authentic palmer method it's authentic. <laughs> And we'll send that to you. So make sure you're uh, listening on iTunes. We need the reviews on iTunes, not on um, the MLB site. We want them on iTunes. That would be very helpful. So thank yes. you. Yes, let's make this podcast one of the hot things as the White Sox take off, and then yep. we just and then we. I'm ready, man. I'm going to the opener. I'm gonna be there. To the uh, the home opener. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Why not? I'm in. I'm off. Have a I'm beer. Off. I'm not even working. I can't wait to hear. I love when the vendors start coming around. And then you just like everything starts falling in place. Like this is it, man. We're hey, back. Man, how many Cuban sandwiches do we eat? At- <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm not scared of the Cuban. Those Cuban sandwiches are phenomenal at the sound. I, I love them. They are so love good. Them. I love the. Uh, you ever think about that? Like the beer calls from the vendors, like how they, you know, the. We used to do that a lot with my buddies. Like, what would be your beer call? I'm going to ask you that. What would be your beer call if you were slinging beers? Brewskies. (laughs) Come on. Got them brewskies. You know you need them. You 
know you need him. It's the third inning. How can you go six more innings without a brewski? Come on now. Brewskis, you right there, little kid. Brewskis. <laughs> I love right? it. What's yours? Man, yours is, yours is long. Yours is like a paragraph. It's like well, a I'm script. walking up and down. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they hear not Mine's just, I'm, I, I always do beer here. Like, beer here. That's yeah. it. That's all I say. And I just repeat it. But you can. Bear hair. But you can do that. You can have. But uh, you're voice. like soliciting individuals. You're like, hey, you. Yeah, you got to make people uncomfortable in sales. You got to make. You got to like make eye contact. You got to have them yeah. look away. You got to have them. I like you know you need them. Bear hair. Maybe I'd, I'd lift that from you. Can you, you know you need them? <laughs> you know you need them. Yeah, yeah. I want one. That. I don't know if I need it. I want one. You know you want it. That's what I'd say. But then they like, might think I'm talking about something else. No, not like, when you know you want it. Not when <laughs> like, you're walking around with giant moms are turning beer. around. <laughs> well, that gets their attention, and they go, "Oh, he just means beer." Oh, thank, thank you, sweet petunias. <laughs> yeah, I love the. Uh, what, how about if we're on calls? What about your strike call? If you're an umpire, how are you going to call? You missed it. <laughs> not even close. But what if it's how a did call you swing at that? Could be a called strike. You should have swung. <laughs> You should have swung second time. <laughs> oh, no, no third chances. Sit down. I picture you making eye contact too. Oh, You're yeah, like turning your head I'm around the catcher. Around. Why did you not uh, swing at that? You should have swung at that. You should have swung at that. Don't you dare! Don't you dare yell at me. That was not a ball. <laughs> you missed it. I don't know. I love the guys that don't even like. It's not even like they're saying strike. They're just like, ah. <laughs> it's like, but come on, dude. You're getting paid. Like he's got a hernia. <laughs> 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 and then balls, they just kind of, nah. Well, yeah, well, you missed it. No, it's kind of right. written. Raise her eyebrows, like, hmm, no, no. I, I think I'd, my ball would be like, not so much. <laughs> Ooh, mm, almost. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, because then you'd be rooting if you if you're too invested. Ooh, I wish I could have called that a strike. <laughs> yeah, oh. right. Well, anyway, those are the sights and sounds. Coming soon, baby. <laughs> We're waiting Less for Less than it. a month away. April 8th. So anyway, let's get into uh, the episode. We're going to start with Connor. And then we had a great conversation, or I did, with Ryan Chavarini. And I think you guys will enjoy that too. All Don't right. forget to review on iTunes for that Chris Sale hat. And follow us at Oh, yeah, follow us at, Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. I'm at McGann Pat. I'm the host, Pat McGann. My co-host, Kevin Bozeman. Give him the... uh, At Kevin Bozeman, right there. At Kevin Bozeman. And I'm at Zanies. Hear about... Hear hear this. Hear this. This is how I promote myself. I'm at Zanies in Old Town on uh, March 25th and 26th. And I'll be in the back heckling him while he's on stage. That's Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Come with me. Come be with me to Countdown Easter. March 25th and 26th. At you Zanies. know you want it. You Zanies in Old Town. <laughs> you know you want it. Them Zanies tickets to come see Pat McGann. Here, here. We're here with Connor McKnight, host of the pre and post game on the new White Sox flagship radio station. 8.90 a.m. WLS. Thanks for being here, Connor. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We always love, Kevin, right? We always love having professional broadcasters on. Yes, to put us in our place. <laughs> just to. Just how mediocre we are and what we do. 
No, I'll be honest. This is uh, this is actually really cool. I've never been. Can we tell people that we're doing this inside no. Zanies? Are no, we allowed we can't to do tell that? Them that. All right, oh, you so, just did. All right, we won't mention that. <laughs> I, oh, no. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead now. I, I've lived no, in the city well. for seven years. I've never been inside Zanies, and this place is actually it's really really cool. And obviously, you guys have been in here a ton. Do you end up taking this for granted at some point when you start walking in here? Well, a little bit. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The, the reverence in which you look at it, we do no, not, not look at it like bit. that. No, no, but it still is. Yeah, it's, no, it still is. Very, it's iconic. Right. You know? Like, I, you're aware, because the walls just talk to you, all the, the pictures. Right. And you can obviously capture, like, this is a special place. Like, yeah. No, it's still cool. Like, I love, like, even the day when I see the lights going around the sure. sign out there. Mm-hmm. No, it's, the it's cool. ambiance of this place is great but yeah but just like for me i like it because it's it's just really just a comedy club like a lot of comedy clubs now are trying to be fancy and try to give you all these different services but here it's just like come laugh come have some drinks right. and then get out this is meat and potatoes i, I feel like i feel like ball players well i, I won't speak for all ball players because ballparks kind of differ from one way or the other but when you start working at a ballpark when your job is to be there there are definitely days where you show up to a park, you know, regardless of where you work, and you take it for granted, and you do your right. job, and you check in, and you check out, and it's final out, and you do the broadcast or whatever. Yeah. But there will be moments, like really, really tangible, really emotional moments, like to a, you know, like a Connor, like a take Kevin us Costner, there. Give like us a, a specific, like a, like a Kevin Costner kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. watching Field of Dreams, and you're like, holy hell, I work in baseball and right. it's just it's insane is Which, that what you try to do in like your your pregame is to, to to try to capture that we that emotion i think so i mean we try to do that our the pregame show is so you know it's it's so information based on like here's what's coming up here's what you've got today here's ed and dj you know all this stuff there right. it's it's very snappy a, a pregame show needs to be on a radio broadcast mm -hmm. i think you snapped when you said snappy i did I love uh, it. it's, it's onomatopoeic i think uh, wait what yeah. that's broadcast don't worry about hold, on. hold uh, on let's look that word up but i think uh i think in post game and i think and i think that's what makes what makes ed and dj good is that they they can bring you to that point you know that's what a broadcast that's what vince scully does to paint a picture to what Bob i love Uker when ed does. farmer when he describes the uniforms every oh, yeah, night yeah. you know he's like they're in their home it's great and he yeah he's he's very good at that he, he's what and that is what you have to do you have to paint a picture so it's it's a lot of of like where we're at in the standings what we need to do what the game plan yeah. is for like who we're facing which mm -hmm. is I mean, obviously, with baseball, it's it's such a pitcher dominant thing. Like whoever's on the mound yeah. kind of dictates what's what how the game is going to go. Well, and do I, you prep for that? Like how much in advance? And well, you're, this is going to be your first yeah. year, right? Yeah, doing the. I'm an overworker. I mean, that's just that's how I've been whenever that's what I, I do thought. baseball. Well, you're an overworker, so that's you know, how because right? you're a young guy. How yeah, can we 30. ask? Yeah, you're 30. thirty. I turned thirty this last July. And how long so you been in uh, broadcasting? Uh, this is let's see. I started. Uh, I mean, people know. I mean, it's not. I won a contest in the what was that summer of 2009? I think is what it was. Okay. Summer of 2009. So seven years is the answer. Yeah, yeah seven is it, that. Yes. I mean, come on, Connor. Let's seven go. Years. Yeah, seven go. years. That's all yeah. you had to say. Yeah, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Tell us about that because I just heard that. I did not know that. Yeah, I no. That. And I've either. known, I've been aware of you for all these seven years, but I did not know about the start. It's very. Did you know this? He no. won a contest. I Tell did. Him. It was it was a con. It was a combination of it was at the score and and Mitch Rosen and Drew Hayes and Ron Gleason, a, a couple other names, kind of dreamt this whole mosh between 
American Idol and broadcasting. Right. And it was kind of this open call. Don't give them way too much credit for coming up with the idea. They just yeah, st- I mean, they was, stole two ideas. Yeah, they did. They, <laughs> they just kind of put it together. Just put them together. <laughs> so so we, you called uh, in and so you said that. onomatopoeia. We, uh, and they're like, you win. <laughs> you win. What a word. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the, the funny story is my, uh, my brother had come into town. I had just moved to Chicago. I was interning at, at Comcast Sportsnet on the television side. And I was hoping to get a gig, you know, either being a producer or an, an AP and something and trying to work my way in front of a camera. My brother came down, and we were headed out, uh, as one does. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, one in their youth. Does. And we went to we went to where Lions, were you going, bro? We went to Lions Head Pub on Lincoln oh, okay. because my brother. Well, that's not too much of a no, no, no. Yeah, we, well, just... that was our beginning of the night, and because Ian, my brother, wanted to, he had never, you know, the beer in tubes, you know, that they put on tables, the yeah. the big yeah. tube yeah. beer things. Ian was fascinated by this, and just had to have a beer poured. In it from a, I don't know. The kid's crazy. So we go beer down there. Beer in a tube. Beer in a tube, and then it comes. With a funnel at the yeah, top. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like a, it's a gravity thing. You know, you got the big tube. We're doing this like and everyone's talking with our hands like, right now in the bud. Yeah, right, right exactly. Right, right. Yeah, I know. It just pours out of the thing. I got you. Okay. So we go. We get the beer in the tube, and the score's having this thing up there at the table, and Ian's like, "You should go do that." So I did. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, it, it just went on from there. It kind of snowballed, and, and yeah, I you got the pipes obviously for the gig. Yeah, but you got, a great you got the radio TV voice. look too. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just saying, maybe. That's, uh, I mean, you know, things work out. If you're still pursuing, I I would be happy to do any kind of of. I mean, really, baseball's the dream, you know. Yeah. I mean, being so able you grew, to do you grew this. Up in Evanston. Grew up, yeah. So I was born in Evanston. We moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where there is no baseball. And then we <laughs> right. moved to uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, where it, it's actually where... Is that a lateral move, or is that... It, for my dad, it was a for good I, move. Yeah. Fort Wayne to I like Appleton. Appleton. Yeah, no, it was up. Yeah, Appleton's a good town. That's the only up. time where good math... club there. That's the only time where math doesn't add up. Two negatives equals more negative. Right, right. <laughs> no, that's... Yeah, I know it's... It's funny. I judge those towns by like the comedy clubs now. Like Appleton, oh, oh that's cool. Which yeah. which one between the locks? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Skyline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We but go just down good there. People there. That's you know, yeah. at a club you can kind of get a pretty good sense of the town. Chris Rock played between the locks once. Uh, it was when I was in high school, and everybody got to go, and I couldn't go. And apparently, he opened every single show with Ah Appleton, Nina, Menasha. Let me ask you a question. Where is everybody hiding the black people? <laughs> that was his opening line for four straight shows. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Apparently, it's hysterical. So, were you a uh, were you a White Sox fan growing up in Edmonton? I grew up. Um, I I grew up rooting for both teams. Um, One of those guys. Yeah. Well, because and that's the thing. People look at me sideways when I say this, and I I get it. I I fully understand it. Um, but I moved out of Chicago at a point in my you know baseball youth where. I moved to Fort Wayne, which is sure. baseball Siberia. Yeah. And I didn't want to root for the Tigers because they were awful. No. And instead, I was just like trying to get back to Chicago. And at that point, you know, people would ask, who's your favorite player? And it was Frank Thomas because why wouldn't it be? Right. right? Um, you know, but I. I Frank I, Thomas, previous guest. I'm a cycle. <laughs> there you go. go ahead. That's Giant right. Just, man. just so they remember. You know, you guys remember Frank Thomas. You guys, you guys remember episode Scott. one. He might have made it to the Hall of Fame, right? When the Hall may, of Fame. Yeah, he, he did some other things. Put HOF on the, on, the on the signature now. I was a Dodger fan growing up, too. I liked, I mean, I just, I couldn't get enough of it. I just. Who was your favorite player in the Dodgers? Um, 
I was a big Adrian Beltre guy when he was young, like his rookie. Well, it wasn't his rookie season. He had 54 home runs. It was his walk year. So that would have been like his fourth season. And then he signed with the uh, with the Mariners. And See, when I hear Dodgers, I picture like Hershiser. Well, I mean, Adrian Beltre, in his defense, is right, 67 years old. He right is. Now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> right, right. Uh huh. And still, still playing. And still runs. probably like one of the top third, yeah. top five yeah. third basemen in the game right now. Maybe. <laughs> right, right. Like, I mean, third base is going up. But yeah, I was a big Beltre guy. Um, uh, I liked Eric Karros when he was out there for a little while, too, before he got traded over. I was actually – I did a show with Todd Hollinsworth, and I was actually a big Todd Hollinsworth fan growing up because he played with Reckless Abandon. Yeah, it's a, he was a pretty good clutch hitter, too. And he he, he was. Big hit. He yeah. was. And, and one of those, like, fourth outfielder guys who, like, every team he was on, you were looking at him going, is he a full-time – can you just – can he play right field right, for you yeah. all day long? I don't know, maybe. He's, he's a likable guy, though. That's Sick like, flow, too. Yeah, did you play sports growing up too? I was, uh, I was, I was decidedly average at every sport I played. Uh, I played everything I could and never rose above the level of average. But baseball was your sport. Um, yeah, I, I ran track. I, I guess if I, if you had to pick something I was decent at, it would probably be track. I was a pretty good hurdler, actually, to be honest with you. But you just said you were recently uh, at the gym with your boys, lofting up thirty-five footers. We were at the gym and trying to with a friend of mine. Dennis and uh, we were trying to, you know, we were just getting some shots up, just shooting around before an open gym where I would have bowed out and, and not played because I, I would be broken. And <laughs> we we're just like lifting up, you know, 35 foot, you know, half court shots and things and like mm. thinking like in our minds going, oh, this is totally legit to do because Steph Curry does this all right. the time. Like, why right. wouldn't you get a couple of these up and see what happens? Man, that guy. He's insane. Well, I said it earlier. I was telling my buddies, he, I love that he's kind of, you know, being old school, like I used to play hoops and I love basketball, but bringing the jump shot back a little bit. It's, it's making I mean, it sexy. He's yeah. making the jumper sexy. <laughs> but see, that's what those people that can't dunk love that, right? <laughs> right. Like you, you, I could you dunk would, it. You could never dunk. I could, no, this is the best. Cause this is what best when people <laughs> yeah, say it. No, cause I'm going to say what you, and it sounds so stupid when people say this, and they're like, I could dunk a tennis ball. Everybody like, I could duck a softball. What? How does that help? Yeah, I know. Wait, 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 wait. Give me the tennis ball. I'm on a fast break. No, I think if I remember right, when when Michael and Dominique were going back and forth in the dunk contest, they were they were using a tennis ball, right? Wasn't that they were dunking a tennis ball, weren't they? Yes. When Jordan took off from the free throw line with a volleyball, as big as his hands were, they fit like a softball in his hand. Right. Yeah, but but I do think that's gonna. It's people don't realize how much that game has changed just in a short amount of time. I think when you've got guys who have watched this league for a long time, all of a sudden writing that the three-point line is for people who can't play basketball and kind of forgetting the history of that shot and what guys like Pete Maravich would have done with right, the three-point right. line, I mean, you've then you've blown people's minds. Are there baseball players, things. you think, that have changed the sport? That's what I was going to ask. Like, if you, That's a tough question. Like, What is it that, that probably – could change and happen in baseball that would make it well they dropped the mound for gibson in 68 right yeah and i mean when you when you just physically when you i mean really it, i mean when you think about yeah. it, it was how dominant he was um i mean what, what did he have 1.09 era i think through the whole season the second half is like 0.99 right um i i think what you're seeing now in this game is a re-embrace of of youth of young players i mean you look at all the rookies that came up last year like in his in a, an historic class is it a historic or an historic it's we'll onomatopoeia it's either either right yeah right but i can't yeah. it's the one i can never oh, remember Bryce what happened Harper just called him out though right yeah well and i 
and I like that. I love everything about Bryce Harper. Um, I think that dude pushing baseball forward. Look, the average viewer of a baseball game is 56 years old. And if you can point to me and give me an industry where, you know, is their that average season? consumer. Yeah, this past season. So this 56, season they're 57? Um, you would, have, <laughs> I would guess. I mean, unless, unless you've got a bunch of 16-year-olds <laughs> right. looking at Bryce Harper showing out the way he does, hitting 42 home runs, right. being cool with the haircut and the smudged eye black and everything yeah, you need he does. Like, you need that. For those of you who don't know, Bryce Harper said that baseball is a tired sport, pretty much. Right? It, that it can that that the tired. policing of itself, that guys throwing at people's heads for liking the game, for hitting a home run and for celebrating being, yes. doing something right, is well, he used the word shit, and I don't know if that's I'm looking over it. I don't know if we can say that, but that's what he said. Are you, can right. you say it on your show? I Connor? can't say it on my show. <laughs> okay, well then try and respect ours. I'm here in Zanies <laughs> looking at a, like there's Jay Leto posters everywhere, and I'm thinking, oh, he definitely said. Oh, shit. I can't wait to get point. on your show. Uh, what? Be like, what the <laughs> f yeah. is this? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Then uh, he'll choke you out like Papelbon did. So, so yeah, right. Like, and yeah. he comes right. after you. Right. Well, and that guy's got a whole other issue. Like that's but the other side rules, of the game too. Those old school, the like unspoken the, ones. Yeah, the unwritten it's ones. like yeah. These guys are playing with each other. Like that's changed so many sports. You know, even in grade school at the high school level. Like those rivalries, like these guys are playing with each other at camps. Right. They know each other. Right. In baseball, they're changing teams. Like right. every guy's got a guy like, oh, I play with him. Like at some point, it gets ridiculous. And they all know the score, too. They're all yeah, making right. a good living. Like let's not injure each other. That is pretty silly, though, if you think about it. Why'd you throw a 97 miles per hour ball at his head? Well, he wore his hat backwards. Right. And he needs right. To show some respect he, for the game. Because he hit a home right. run off me in the third. Well, then don't hang that slider. I don't. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Don't hang the slider. Don't screw up the way you screw it up. I, I think that, I think that kind of culture change is happening really fast, especially in youth sports, Pat. I mean, that's where, you know, you see guys like Kevin Durant and LeBron James training the offseason because, you know, not because they played AAU together, but because yeah. a lot of those guys had that kind of culture growing up. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Well, we've already heard that here on the show, like. You know, guys are, are you know they they house they have houses in Florida or Arizona. Right. And their neighbors are you know guys that play on the Reds or guys that yep. play on the you know. So they know each other. They work out together. They golf together. They, they hunt together. Yeah, their families. They may have been injured at the same time and they're rehabbing together. Right. Like these guys, you know, they they follow each other on Twitter. They it's it's different, and it's got to you know, and it is, you know, the entertainment dollar. That's what you're competing with. You don't. You're always going to have diehard baseball fans. Right. And they're going to watch and they're going to come to the ballpark. It's the people on the like peripheral there that you need to bring in. It's got to be fun. It's got to be. But that being said, baseball is not doing bad right now, right? No, it's it's not. I mean, with the with the, with the cable dollarship numbers going up, cable dollarship those aren't words. With the cable sponsorship dollars going up, and and with the way teams are be able to pull in money that way, the the ticket, the gate, um, means less and less to teams if they have their situation right on television. So. I think you see some of that spread the wealth around. And I think, you know, because we're coming up against the CBA in baseball. I mean, this right. is, we're coming up against the end of a CBA. And I wonder if this collective, collective bargaining, bargaining agreement, agreement. just yeah, lent some, yeah, some to casual listeners. We have some kind of minor yeah. league baseball. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Vince McMahon baseball league? league? Isaiah that? Thomas on that? It's the Cuban League uh, <laughs> run by Fidel. It's. Um, and I, and I wonder if the connectedness of players, you know, like we talk about that shared entertainment dollar and, you know, Bryce follows Giancarlo on Twitter, or, you know, however it happens. I, I wonder if that changes 
the dynamic for some of the old guys who have been negotiating these things before. I wonder if, you know, when we get to the table this next time around, if it's going to feel different for some of these guys who have sat down in those rooms for a real long time because we are in a real different spot. Right. Well, there's a great comic from Chicago, Hannibal Burris, who's got a joke about, you know, giving up a home run. Yeah. And then they light, they set off fireworks. Right. You know, and the Sox started that. Right. And it's awesome. It is entertaining and it's fun. So it's like everybody else is celebrating the home run. How about the guy that hit it? <laughs> right. Like, no. can he do something? He can't. He can't you do know? it. So I hope people listening are realizing how knowledgeable you are because there are going to be Sox fans that listen to this podcast and they are going to be Sox fans calling into your post-game show. Right. And uh, they're going to be going toe-to-toe with somebody who knows yeah. what he's talking about. Are you looking forward to interacting with the fans I, on the post-game? Yeah, because I am. we all know how the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I any radio show, any sports talk radio show, the listeners calling in. Is of course. Always, I, tell, I mean, tell me, like, the worst thing you had on a call-in. Uh, Worst question. Oh, of all time, it was I had I had a guy call in. This was after the Niners. The Niners were just about to go play in the Super Bowl against the Ravens. That that uh, oh, yeah. the Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh brothers and um, Chris Culliver, the cornerback for the Niners, had just been on tape. I think with Artie Lang. I think got him on tape. Okay, uh, yeah. And uh, people were asking about gay teammates and whether or not, you know, all this kind of stuff about having a gay teammate, if you've had one before, all that kind of stuff. And Chris Culliver, like an idiot, said, no, um, I could never have a gay teammate. You got to keep that. And his quote was, you got to keep that sweet stuff outside the locker room. Um, I won't play with a gay teammate. And I was laying into Chris Culliver for being a, a fall-down idiot and just having completely backwards views on you know life and people in general and how sure. terrible a person he was for truly believing this. And I had a caller call in and tell me that, no, in fact, um, gay people can't be in locker rooms because they can't contain them. So again, this is, the, I want to very clear, yeah. this is the caller saying this. They can't be in locker rooms because gay men can't contain themselves. Men can't contain themselves around other people. And I, I started asking, wait, so so when you're walking down the street, it is only by the grace of God that you're containing yourself and not like <laughs> yeah, exactly. going after the women that you're seeing? He's like, no, yeah, they're different than us. They're different than, than regular people. And I'm like, can I ask right. you about your own upbringing? He's so like, any other like horrible calls? Because it, it is really hilarious when, just, when people call in and like, oh, you know, Ventura made a terrible move there at the end, the bullpen. I could be managing this team. It's like, really? Like, Rick Hahn's driving home. Nice. Like, this guy, you know what? I'm going to bring in Bill from Burbank. Wait, you took, wait, you were runner-up on your fantasy baseball league? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, we could use you. Tough year that year, too. <laughs> Man, way and to they're go. so proud of themselves. I'll hang up and listen. Like, right. you, like you just, like, I'm dropping the mic now. I'll hang I, up and listen. I like the discussion. I want the discussion. I, I hope that we can, and I, I think that we will, be a place where we can talk about the game and we can because sports in a lot of ways is like religion um you care about it more than you can explain it to anybody else mm -hmm. and when you right. do start explaining in how much you love it to other people they tune out and think about how much they love that thing is it do you care when they lose when the white Sox lose is it going to eat at you um it's a fair question i think i'll be honest the fan in me the religious the emotional fan in me got put at a different level about four years ago. I remember, you know, having worked in this business for, you know, X amount of time. And I think it was, I think it was that second Blackhawks run where I just kind of thought, okay, this is different. This feels different yeah. now. Mm -hmm. 
not bad. It doesn't feel necessarily worse. It just feels really different. You're starting to get bitter already at, at 30? Or are you just jaded? It's, it's a fair question. <laughs> no, I, I hear. I, I, I can understand. I think that as you get older, because I can remember being like, you know, I, I've always been a huge White Sox fan. And I remember like, when they would lose, and it would just kind of like it would, you'd be out, right? I, know, I still have never buck. forgiven Jerry Dubzinski for overrunning second <laughs> yeah, base right. in '83. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. but when you get older, yeah. I mean, you're not, I don't, you're not married, you don't have kids. No, 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 no it's that funny. that's a factor too, where you oh, just sure. you, it, right. your perspective changes. It's still, but it's still, you know, and, and that's why I ask you because you are more intertwined now. You're, right, there's, you know, you're really woven into this. A vested so interest. is it? difficult to still you find some joy in like when they make a big acquisition or oh, yeah for sure like i i want the success of this team to a level that i don't know that i can describe to other people who have been you know if you're a, if you've been a white Sox fan for 55 years like since the day you were born your fandom is different than my my interest your interest is different right. than mine I have a you know business interest in this. I, yeah. I want this team to do well yeah. for me for our it's an station. It's easier product to sell when they're winning, Definitely. right? Exactly. And then to another degree too, I you know not not real well, but I know a lot of the guys on this team, and I like a lot of this guy the yeah. guys on this team. And it's a lot easier for me to get to work the next day, and for me to have my interactions and my just my day when. Have you, you know, been around them a lot yet? Have you been to spring training yet? Yeah, I, I've done spring training trip trips for the last four years with you know the different sure. jobs that I've had. I was down there for a couple of days uh, a few weeks ago, and I'll go back down. Um, what kind of sense do you get from these guys? I mean, are they coming together? Do you see like because you know just uh, today they're they're tweeting out some stuff, um, you know, on Snapchat. They're, you know, Todd Frazier, this dude is like right. going around and they seem like they're having fun. Like they're doing fun. Are they going to, are they going to pitch to Abreu now with, with, I think they have to, I think that's, Frazier? that's what I think the first, the light bulb went on for me on the Todd Frazier move right away. But when it really kind of hit home is uh, at Sox Fest and if Sox fans were there, they'll remember it. Hawk was up on stage kind of presenting some awards for last season. Oh yeah. Right. And he he stopped. Gene Honda was doing the emceeing, and and he like put his hand on Honda and was like, "Hold up, hold up, hold up." And he grabs, he kind of grabs Frazier, and he's like, "This guy is gonna make Jose Abreu the happiest he's ever been because for the first time, Hawk saying this, yep. for the first time in Jose's career, he has someone to hit behind him to protect him." Right. And it kind of yeah. hit me like, "Yeah, no, that's a, that's a real." That is a real presence in that lineup now. Are people excited at, at uh, WLS at 890? I, like, stoked. Like, beyond is Rush Limbaugh fired up? Uh, I, I have not spoken with Rush yet, <laughs> and that's probably good for both of us. But uh, he seems he seems real excited. when he, I'm sure he's got liners for the White Sox all ready to roll. And uh, we're all – no, we really are. We're all really pumped um, for the White Sox. We – as as a station, we see it as kind of a brand-new thing for us and something that will take us – you know, steps farther down the road, steps further, it's the metaphor, steps further down the road in, and in great ways and great places, and we know the same thing's going to happen for the White Sox. So that's a key to broadcasting is being able to correct yourself when you say something wrong. <laughs> Just remember that, Pat. That's, yeah, you, you have to. you right. got to be able to walk it back quick because somebody's going to call and you walk it back marry, for you. Whoever you end up marrying is going to love you. <laughs> oh, babe, I got it. I know where I this went wrong. Himself. I know where I went wrong, man. You're, you're right. You better believe that's where you got it wrong. Yeah, right. It's going to wear on her, She's too. Gonna be like, shut up, stop correcting exactly. yourself. Exactly. I want to yell at you. I want to yell at you. It's never going to be my time. <laughs> that's that's great. 
Yeah, so I we're all excited about um, you being the voice of White Sox Weekly Thanks. and the pre and post game. I mean, you're obviously incredibly knowledgeable, and um, just something new is is always great. And the White Sox, are, I know, are, are excited about it. So. Thanks for being here, man. Well, no, no, we can't let him off the hook. Right, not right. after, well, not after what Chuck gave us. Chuck, oh, what did Chuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What poetry, did you, man. You, yeah, Swirsky oh, writes poetry on his downtime. To yeah, relax. He, he writes. Tell or he us, reads. Tell us right. a secret. Really, a secret. Tell us secret. Man. Uh, well, okay. And so, it will not be a secret once you're done. Yeah. Well, okay. So, I was an English teacher. Uh, at, at high school that's not really a secret people i mean that's out there i've talked about this on air a couple of times i my job Come before on, i ended up broadcasting was english teacher uh but i okay so here's the secret i um was helping out when i was an english teacher I was helping out uh on the drama side of things and the students were putting the beauty and the beast was the musical or whatever yeah and some kid plenty of drama in high school comes out sick and he can't do this thing. And the, the drama teacher in high school looks at me and he goes, so here's the thing. Kid's sick, can't do it. You want to sing a couple of notes, walk on stage, say one line? So I put on the costume. I walked out there and I did the thing. And if walked out there, walked back. I don't think people even knew it was me. <laughs> you got video think, proof of this? I think it is on video somewhere. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it myself, but it, it uh, was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it was Beauty and the Beast. I was just some old man who walked on stage. And so like poetry, uh, a thespian now. Yeah, we yeah. Got, this Sox crew is talented. I'm kind of artsy. For, you know, how, like Very, didn't, didn't Pippin do the one? Isn't Christmas Carol when they do it downtown? They always get like a celebrity to go up there and they do the one line oh, before right, right. Yeah. Tiny Tim says God blesses everyone. Like Pippin did it a while back, and I think uh, oh they've had a couple athletes. I think Walter did it back in the day. But I'm, yeah, I I'm think you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when you think when Walter and then Pippin and right. then somewhere on that list, Pippin messed up his line. He went up there. He was like, Jordan didn't do it by himself. And then he walked away. <laughs> it's like, that's not what. Get to Hugh Hollis. <laughs> Hugh Hollis ruined Damn it. You. I would be top 15 if it wasn't him. And to all a good night. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, man. We're, we're going to be listening. We're looking forward to yes. it. And, um, Anything you want to plug? I want to give you out your Twitter here because oh, uh, yeah, you sure. got a great Twitter feed. You got to follow this guy. Get on uh, Twitter and follow Connor McKnight. He's at C1, the number one, McKnight. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's the it's the fourth Twitter handle in four years or in two years. Oh, you got to keep changing when, C, you, when you change yeah, the station? Don't, don't attach your Twitter handle to your job. I Dude, learned that way make, too late. They don't make you do that? No, they don't make you do that. Oh, I thought good. it was a good idea to start out with, you know, because I was just kind of getting started. A Connor yeah, McKnight, to... English teacher. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Connor McKnight, Othello. <laughs> this is your, you're just arming these people that are going to be calling in after the shows. What oh, do you I know. know? I know. You're a high school English teacher. <laughs> Spreading hope for all the rest of the high school. Yeah. Is that an adjective or or pronoun? What is that? Yeah. Some guy teaching Shakespeare somewhere in the Midwest, like watching a Sox game at night, pounding on the table. Just when is it going to be my turn? <laughs> exactly. It's going to happen. All right, man. Thanks so much, Connor. Absolutely. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. I love the podcast too. Good Thank work. You. Thanks so much. Thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here with our guest, Ryan Cheverini, my guest. I'm solo for once. Don't have this deadweight co-host dragging me down. I know what that's like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Val. Just kidding, Val. No, I love it. So I, I usually have Kevin Bozeman here, who you know very well. Yeah, Bozeman's uh, great. I just saw him. Uh, we just saw him perform the other night 
here at Zany's. Yeah, right. And uh, he was fantastic. He brought the house down. We're about this many people here? <laughs> it, was, it was slightly <laughs> he, busier. He draws. He just yeah. draws slightly yeah. more. You can hear that crowd. Come on, give us a good <laughs> round of applause. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, thanks for coming, man. And thanks for uh, agreeing to do this. You're Absolutely. Always, you're always a, a good sport and, uh, and a good friend. So I want to talk about, uh, first, congratulations, 10 years you've been with ABC crazy right i started when i was 16 <laughs> yeah i just got my license no it's crazy i got here when i was 28 and uh where you were know, you before i was working in uh denver colorado okay and i went to college oh, in is that Boulder. where that is denver <laughs> denver colorado. colorado i have to say that now because you know marijuana is legal in denver so you have to make sure yeah man he's crazy my brother if is it had coaching. Been legal you might not have ever made it here to chicago <laughs> right. like i just got caught up in things exactly I made that career here and my, i'm cool with it yeah my brother's pretty chill <laughs> my brother's coaching at uh, the university of colorado uh, my brother played in the he's coaching football yeah right? played, played in the nfl he played for uh, cleveland dallas and atlanta and uh, he was our team captain and MVP at Colorado. They just hired him back to be the offensive coordinator. He's recruiting like crazy. And, um, and this is your twin, right? My twin. And uh, the, the families always ask, he says, the number, like one of the biggest questions when he recruits now is the, about marijuana. Oh, yeah. Because they, <laughs> they want to know if their kids are going to be. And my, my brother makes it very clear, for one, college athletes cannot smoke marijuana. Right. Well, they, they're not supposed. They're not to. supposed to legally. Right. right. And legally, you have to be 21 in the state of Colorado. Yeah. So, tell me about um, growing up as a twin, and and you and your brother are probably competing against each other a lot, playing sports. What sports did you play growing up? Uh, we played them all: uh, hockey, football, baseball. I mean, we on we used to use the same cleats. Because we were we didn't have a lot of money, we had red cleats because we played for the Reds for like three years. Oh, yeah. You play for the same team for like right. three years when you're a kid, and then well, you we, sign a contract. Yeah, then we <laughs> yeah, then we'd play football, and we were the Rams because we. So were you guys were on the same California. team. Was it a package oh, yeah. deal? That was an agreement, like yes, always the same team. But we'd have red cleats playing on a blue team. It didn't matter because we we rode those cleats out until our feet came out of the. Out was of there them. a sport that you were better than him in? No, it was really. <laughs> So he was. My brother was the number one receiver in the state of California in 1994. Number one. He was rated the fifth I mean, best wide receiver in America. Well, come on, state of California. Yes. that's not like 1500 best in the high state. Schools. And you're like, well, we're at Delaware, right? You know, right? California, number one receiver. Yeah, he could have went anywhere. White dude. White dude. <laughs> that yeah. is. Last I checked. That- <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he played in the NFL for a while. He still holds a record for the Cleveland Browns. You know that I got to give you crap for wearing tights. You know, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna pick on the California thing. That's back, though, now. You yeah. see, like, the basketball players are wearing the tights. Out, warming up to Kokomo. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen. Red spandex. Our, our team color, we were the Panthers. Our team colors were red and black, and we wore red tights underneath our. Oh, did you our really? Our pants and our arms, yeah. But uh, no, he was a, he was like the greatest athlete you've ever seen. And T-ball, I go back and watch T-ball videos of us. I could hit the ball farther than most kids. You go kids. back and watch those? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't, if I had just, you should have been watching the film. Don't judge when me when you were younger. <laughs> I'm reliving the glory <laughs> then maybe days. maybe you would have been. <laughs> Seriously. I love that. Well, actually, my brother put together this big... Uh, like family video and it's on there and okay. of course he's got to show him from t-ball oh, right. and i mean he could hit the ball like further than like adults it was, yeah. it's crazy how he, cool his is hand that coordination is amazing how cool is that though growing up you know with a twin you know i, know, I mean i don't even have a brother 
But then you you know you're playing well, sports, your and then your realized. brother, your twin brother, makes it to the NFL. It was awesome. Honestly, it was like the greatest day of both of our lives. People, you know, people talk about being jealous. Were you ever jealous of your brother? No, no, no. I was my brother's biggest fan, just as he's my biggest fan now. Sure. Doing what I'm doing, we were very supportive of each other. Plus, I, I, it was like God was fair. Honestly, with the whole yeah. twin thing, like we both got strengths, and uh, obviously sports was his strength. I was good at sports, and you know I was like an all-county player. Do you ever give him crap about that? Like, hey, I picked something that I can, <laughs> I, can I can enjoy for, for a, a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used to say that in the NFL, when he was in the NFL. He's like, you're gonna have a lot longer career than I'll have. But he's coaching now; it's working out. Did but, you get um, into broadcasting early? Yeah, I, I knew right away that I, as soon as I got done playing, I wanted to play as long as I could. I got to play in college, yeah. played football in college, and um, I was doing. I was actually the college athlete that went to class. And, and, and you went to Colorado, right? I went to Colorado, yep. Got a journalism degree there, and I did campus radio. Did you? Yeah, got oh, fired. Oh, man, see, that is – I really <laughs> – You got fired? I got fired, yeah, but – and you weren't even smoking, <laughs> smoking weed. <laughs> and, and and it was a non-paying job. It's like getting fired from a soup kitchen. Oh yeah, right. I got. Fired. We don't want you to volunteer <laughs> anymore. I got fired for. Uh, we were making prank calls to all the athletes on campus back then. From there was the no. Sh- there was no Facebook. From the station. Yes. What? Come on. There was that's, no, I know. That's what you do. Well, then the you're station, waking them up at. Yeah, no, we were calling at night, and you know, back then there was no social media. There was no yeah. Facebook. Uh, we had to. We had to like a. a it was like a phone uh, phone book, right? Mm-hmm. You had the student directory. Right. That's how we got the phone numbers. That was oh, the only I got way a to college prank call story myself. Yeah? I was making prank calls, and my roommate was not on board with it. And then I, we got, I got, like, fined, like, public safety got involved. And, <laughs> you know, it was just, yeah, I ended up losing, like, a roommate over it. And, no way. No, prank phone calls is something I miss. I would still be doing them if yes. it, it wasn't for caller ID and all yes. this crap. like. The station manager's wife called the station and said and started telling us we shouldn't be prank calling people. We didn't know it was her. We put her on live. Oh, really? And then we started making fun of her. And we hung up on her. We hung up on her, and we're like, Ah, that lady doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, apparently she did know what she was talking about. Well, that's why you got fired. Yeah, not the prank it. calls. It was the wife. Yeah. So oh, my man. my journalism career almost got derailed before it ever started. That's hilarious, though. But <laughs> I, I what I am jealous of is people that know early kind of what they want to do. Like if I, I wish sometimes I had started doing stand up at 21 and then, cause you, you need to grow, you know, yeah. and if you started broadcasting at 30 and right. then you're working in a small market at 30 and then by the time the big market is looking for you, you might be even too old. Yeah. You know, I always, I speak to schools and stuff and I always tell kids, think about what you picture yourself doing. You got to start thinking about it now yeah. because then you can go in with a focus. You can go to a school that's going to be, you know, it's going to have a journalism department or whatever you want to do. But um, it always amazes me when I watch young comics and they're so polished. Like you go back to like Eddie Murphy, Delirious. He's 22 years old right, that's, in that stand-up. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But, but you so see, rare. So rare. So rare. Because you got to have life experience. I think mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about, you know, we won't linger on stand-up for too long, but that's the cool thing about starting early is you get the stuff out of the way of like the stage fright and dealing with the crowd and find you know, you so you're growing right and then all of a sudden everything starts to, right. to fall in place but, but people used to ask me too why didn't you how, how come you didn't go pro like your brother and i was like uh well same reason why you didn't go pro <laughs> yeah right it wasn't up to me <laughs> it was the same reason <laughs> i was like because uh, actually i thought going to great falls montana and making fifteen thousand dollars a year <laughs> Was a and that's where choice. you started Great Falls. Yeah. So it's like minor leagues. That's, you it is. Great Falls. You have Colorado. TV is very much like baseball. 
Yeah. I say that all the time. It really is because you go into the minor leagues and you find out if you're going to be good enough to make it in the big leagues. Right. So then you hope another station moves you up. So Chicago comes calling. How did it, how did it all fall into place with it, with ABC? You know, it was crazy. I was working in Colorado and uh, I was thinking about going out to LA because I'm originally from Southern Cal. And, um, and then, you know, my agent called me and said, hey, there's an opening at the ABC station in Chicago. And I, and I said, well, you know, I want to go the other direction. <laughs> but it, you know, in LA though too, like in Chicago, you're a celebrity. Oh, it's in unbelievable! LA, yeah, and in New York, I don't think the broadcast you can't the local, get a table. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you can't get a table. Chicago no, is true. a great place best. for. I mean, it's the best. This really is home. I this mean, the '80s home. here: Gene Greco, Ron Majors, Carol Marine. Like, I remember those names. I was a kid. Yeah, like those. They were famous. And they're still here. Yeah. And they're still working and they're still icons. Yeah. Right. It's incredible. This city embraces its own. And, uh, and for me, um, not being born in Chicago, it was a big deal when I first got here. It was like, oh, they hired this guy. He's, he's from California. He, he was from Colorado. Well, what is this? What is this kid? And so it took a while, you know, for me to, I think, get acclimated. But the, the city has been so amazing to me that this really is home. I can't imagine um, living anywhere else. I mean, as much as I, I like to go back and visit my family in California and the weather's great, uh, this town is like nothing else. I mean, sports too. And the, that's the big reason why I took the job was because you think about the greatest sports cities in the world. Right. I mean, us, New York, Boston. Chicago else, is hard. You know? I mean, Chicago would be hard to leave for for me because I'm from here. But I, I think I get the impression that Chicago's hard to leave for anyone that comes here for, and that lives here for more than like five years. Yeah. If you're here for five years, yep. you, then all of a sudden you're like, man, this place has this, yeah has a hold of me. The first year is tough because the weather is yeah. like... Yeah. Well, for you, being from Southern California, yeah. that's a huge adjustment. And even, even in living in Denver is But like, you're also a sunny. fashionable guy, right? And now you get to show off different, you know... That's My the thing boots. about seasons. <laughs> you get to like... I don't mind... Like, I, I actually like the colder... Uh, you know, for comedy, it's... You know, cold weather is great for comedy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm ready for summer when it's here and I enjoy it. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing, too, though. You get to, you know, bundle up and kind of have some time your, with your thoughts. Like, if I, if I was outside, like, you know, enjoying great weather all day, I don't know how productive I'd be. No, yeah. I think, though, here, because as soon as there's the first sunny day or not warm day, everybody's just, like, scouring to go find a rooftop bar, right? right? It's like everybody takes <laughs> off work. Yeah. It's real. It becomes Mardi Gras. Like, our summers are, like, summers on steroids. Yeah, right? you, well, you got to appreciate get it in. them. Yeah. You... But I always wonder about uh, baseball players. When I was covering sports, I would always ask guys, how do they hit the first month of the season? If you notice, yeah. I mean, guys are really at a disadvantage that play in Chicago in the first month of the season. I mean, it's it, they get snowed we out. We talked sometimes. about that. We yeah. talked about it. they shouldn't even spring train. Right. In, they should be up, they should be <laughs> right. like in downstate Illinois, yeah. maybe like five degrees warmer. It's, just, it's I mean, I honestly think come come back a week early. Yeah. And start. Just you know when you know when here. you play as a kid and you hit, you get like the bees in your hands yes. and you hit the That's bat. That's the worst. Oh, the worst. And these guys are all wood bats and no, amazing. Forget it. I mean, it's amazing. And and I always wonder why like both of our teams, uh, baseball teams, should start on the road for like a, two weeks. Yeah, they <laughs> but should. they don't. One always starts home. One always starts away. But the, you know we're getting rained out. The first month of the season is hard to go to a game. Yeah, I like to watch them on TV. So when you came here and and you started in sports and now you're the, the host of When You Say Live with Val Val Warner and the show is great. But I do want to talk a little bit about the start at Channel Seven covering sports 
2006, mm-hmm. your first year. So it's the year after the Sox won the World Series. Yep. They were they were great that year. They made the yep. move, Rowan. They brought in Tommy, and they were certainly in the hunt all, all year long. Was that a fun team to cover? Oh yeah, it was a great great team. Uh, just it shows you what team chemistry is too. You know, I mean, they they had that steady constant of of you know Canerco who had such a great long career here. Right. It's it's almost weird to. Yeah, I can't believe the Sox without him. Exactly. No, it's true. But they really had that chemistry, and you know, Ozzy kept it light and loose, and I think that's important. You know, I don't know why more teams don't look at blueprints of those great teams. I guess maybe they look at it, but it's so hard to recreate it like the 85 bears right yeah. i mean you, these guys all had such great personalities my first but that year must here, have been the team that first year here yeah that you walked into and like this is the team yeah in the city because ozzy too like being the personality he is must have been like oh my gosh this is pretty fun covering this <laughs> you team. could not miss a press conference yeah you had to be at the press conferences <laughs> and that, are you guys all looking at each other <laughs> yeah you like know what the soundbite was right away yeah. as soon as as soon as you said something crazy you just like, mark that oh yeah we gotta we gotta run that so how about like the other guys like channel five channel two are you guys buddies or are yeah, you guys you like know, you're competitive but yeah i hear that gene greco tells me the stories of, of chicago sports in the 80s and guys like unplugging each other's equipment they're oh, like right above really? right about to go live and a guy will like unplug somebody are yeah you kidding crazy me? stuff i mean we like brad we, palmer would do that to <laughs> i think uh, to gene greco johnny morris i heard got into it <laughs> oh, and, and yeah, gene greco yeah. and um jim rose who have now worked together for 15 years uh, almost got into a fist fight in a locker room no kidding. over a game. Yeah, it was just so so. Johnny Morris, was he the Johnny Morris Ditka yes. post-game? Yes. Ditka's in his underwear? Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. No, if, you, if you have not seen that, go to YouTube and check out the Johnny Morris Ditka interview. And Ditka is very annoyed, but Johnny is... You know, they played together, too, yeah. so they have that relationship. But they he's convincing or trying to tell him, like, hey, th- th- we have sponsors for this, and you have to do this, and Ditka does not want to be there. And anyway, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But, but continue with yeah, the uh, – but um, no, so it, really I think that uh, it's it's more of a fraternity. Yeah. Honestly, they, uh, all the sportscasters hang out outside of work, and even the ones that don't, you're, most people are really cordial. Yeah, like you and – Ryan Howard Baker. Sudbury just yeah. rolling through. Uh, me and Howard Sudbury. <laughs> Suds is now working at uh, Arlington Park Racetrack. He, he he's incredible with the yeah. with the ponies. I mean, like if oh, you, if you really? need to make a bet, you need to talk to Howard first. Suds, yeah, I love that. Yeah, of course that's his nickname. Suds, yeah. <laughs> and so I've actually been out to the track with him. Uh, I presented one of the trophies, and uh, he he hosted me as his guest. I mean, honestly, it's really that kind of friendship, and and you know you've. You're with each other all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, people don't realize how much. Would you go down to spring training and be down there? Yeah, for, yeah. down there for two weeks. Which, um, you know, and you're you're in the lo- you're in the clubhouse in the locker rooms at seven a.m. And that's the the one thing that Do you uh, baseball try players to not love become doing. friends with players, or is it sometimes does it happen like? You know, I, I think that. Um, you're, I, I do try to become friends with the guys that are that are open to it and yeah. and good guys, you know, and and a lot of guys are, are um, keep want to keep their distance, and that's cool too. I respect that. Did um, anyone ever come up to you and be like, dude, did you really have to say this or that? Or you know, a lot of people get get more upset about uh, articles that are written rather than things that are said. I think that a lot of times you can get away with saying <laughs> saying your opinion on the air, and a lot of times the guys won't see it or. You know, I think I'm, I've always been fair with guys. Right. If a guy made a mistake, he made a mistake. But I, I don't think you ever attack the 
person personally, yeah. right? The guy made sure. a Bill Buckner well, made like a, made a, like a yeah. Bill part. Buckner yeah. made a terrible error, right? Yeah. Um, you don't attack him as a as his, his character, and I think that's a, I think players will respect that. If a guy dropped the ball and he knew he should have caught it. I, I would say, you know, he knew he should have caught that ball. He's right. a professional or whatever. And I think that there's a way that you deliver that and you can still um, you can still be objective and you can still um, get the point across, but you don't have to attack him or his family. I think sometimes um, when things are written and it gets a little more personal about his personal life. I yeah, think, and then they can go back to it. And it yeah, and it's, it's, sitting, so it's permanent. sitting in the clubhouse all day. Right. And and what happens is players you, you could be in a bad, bad mood after that, and they take kind of take it out on everybody. I remember Erlacher, he wouldn't talk to anybody for the rest of the season because he didn't like an article that was written in the paper. <laughs> and so I was like, man, th- that <laughs> that ruins it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, because that's a guy. Yeah, because, it, you know, you, you really have him need on to, with his new hair. Do you have him yes. on? Yes. Yeah, yeah what do you think of his new hair? I don't know if I love it. I mean, good for him. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, really, who cares? I like I mean, him better bald, though. He, lo- yeah. he looked good bald. Some guys look really good bald, you know. He, he's he got the shape. And that head. was his look. And yeah, he was, was just tough. like, you get, yeah. Now he, you know, he's like, he seems gentle. Now he looks like maybe like a, a sales like a <laughs> manager, you know, like, like a. <laughs> like he's got a few people working underneath them. He's kind of like a veteran. He's family been, guy. He's he's work. He's on the road a lot. He sells Clark Griswold. Yeah, yeah. It no. just looks. It looks different. good though. But it looks good in person. Like it really does. It looks re- really natural. He came on. He he was giddy about it. He he loved talking about it. He loved, see that's like, what I love. He's just yeah, completely he's so it. yeah. Like, I yeah, do too. Dude, he's so is, comfortable with it. He's confident. Yeah. I mean, hey, own it, man. I think it's cool. Right. You know, was baseball one of the sports that you enjoy covering most or uh baseball is tough it's i I like covering baseball when it's a nice sunny day and you're at the ballpark yeah you know you're you're enjoying a hot dog too you don't get to have the beer but (laughs) you get to sit back and relax and um it's strap it down yeah (laughs) yeah but uh but baseball is tough because there's 162 games and then playoffs so you know you asked about relationships with players Trust me, we all get tired of seeing each other. You know, they get tired of seeing us. We get tired of seeing them. We get sports is so overcovered. You know, it's like we analyze it. We have 24-hour sports networks, and we're 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 talking about the same. You know, four teams in our city, five teams every five. There's situations where the player doesn't want to be answering the question, and you don't want to be asking the question. Absolutely, because it's like you know, I have to ask you this. Yep. Is that a challenge? Like, would you? It's a lot of prep work. Like I'm going to try and ask something different, or I'm going to try and you yeah. see something during the game, or yeah, you and you know who the who the go to guys are, who the guys are that have they're even keeled. And Who's the best gonna, guy? That, your ball. favorite guy to interview? Um, my favorite guy, my favorite White Sox. Yeah, to interview or, or anybody, Pro- no, no, any Chicago guy. Oh, any Chicago. Oh, that's rough. that's tough. But, but that's he, tough. let's finish Tommy first. Yeah, Jim Tommy, yeah. one of the nicest classiest guys so everyone says yeah oh he's the best like, illinois so, guy right yes peoria yes illinois guy and just a really good dude i mean it's i mean he he's a he's a superstar i mean obviously what 500 home runs yeah just i mean he's stunned his bat by the way I mean, it's like it's like he just pulled a tree out of the ground <laughs> he had like the biggest bat yeah and uh and obviously could swing it like like he's Paul Bunyan. He's like the real life Paul Bunyan. And that was a guy that we didn't like at all in this town because Cleveland was yeah. owning the Central. Right. And he was dominant. And then right. Yeah, he was. It was such a big. Right. Two thousand six was a fun year. Oh yeah, Mark Burley too. Another great guy. 
Another great White Sox player. In fact, I got to throw out the first pitch, and, and Burley was the one that caught it. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just cool. He was like, he was his off day. Yeah. And he caught the ball, and then he How was him. it? Where'd you, where'd you place it? Oh, I always go high and hard, man. High and hard. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to bounce it. Do you get to stand on the rubber, or you just kind of... It's your choice. It's your choice. Oh, really? Yeah. See, so I always see that, and I wondered, like, hey, how come that guy got the... Yeah, I always go up on the rubber. Yeah, because you know you you can't. It's like the ladies' tees, and then right, huh? you know you right. want to get teased right. on that. So what you are the? Get up there. Uh, I wonder if the players like that going up there on the mound. Do you dig in or? <laughs> I don't. I'm not wearing spikes. <laughs> you get sure loose you beforehand. Yeah, you got to throw a couple times. The- you know what I thought? I always wanted to do this. I've gotten to throw out the first pitch a couple of times, and uh, it's honestly the greatest thrill of all the things I've gotten to do in Chicago. Throwing out the first pitch is probably the coolest. Versus what? Like what experience. else you put in that area? Uh, just versus meeting celebrities and actors, and you know we've had everybody from Vince Vaughn roll through to oh yeah, you know, Will oh, God, Ferrell, people Channing you've met Tatum. Your yeah, show, it's, yeah, it's incredible. But but throwing out the first pitch, it's like a childhood dream. It's sure, like, it's like hitting a home run. And I, they give I you also, a jersey, right? You get your name on the jersey. Yeah, and then, it's something that you keep forever. And um, the other cool thing I got to do is we got to try to hit a home run at the cell. Oh, you did. Yeah, I got to try to hit a home run at the cell off off a machine Just or batting BP. Got to throw him BP. But the thing is, is if he throws it too fast, you can't get around on it because you're in your late thirties, right? And and what are they throwing BP at seventy? No, uh, no, he's th- he's probably throwing them. I mean, yeah, to the to the the, to the big leaguers, big yeah, 70, yeah, yeah, I would say probably 60, 70. But he's probably throwing. You know, I had to make him throw about 50 for us right but and you got it's wood harder bat. to get them out yeah it's harder to get them out so i bounced a couple over the last time did you i did how not recent get was one this out. that's a couple years ago that's good yeah but you never got you never i never it. got one out oh man i, I would know love, i would love to i love about to threw try. out my back trying did you <laughs> you know who else came out with me was jim rose and jim is not a young man and he was swinging the bat pretty good was he yeah he didn't get one out either but did anyone get one out no not no no one got Man, one. I would love it. I love it. Oh, try. it's 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 the greatest. Well, it's those guys greatest. say like it's so different. Like when they when you remove the cage and you're just like, I don't know what it is about the cage that helps like you feel like I don't know like right. safer in there. Yeah, or, no, it's cool, and you realize how uh, perfect those fields are. Nothing like what we played on. Oh yeah. Up, you know? Oh god. I remember in go college we played in like the intramural basketball championship, and all we wanted to do was play at the arena. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, Dayton, University of Dayton. They have a nice size arena. And yeah. You play in the empty arena. There was like no depth perception. Like you, we couldn't hit anything. And it was like this is the worst. Right. Ever had. The, it's, the, it's like you're playing on a football field. The court's so big. It's like right. No. Let's yeah. go back into the. Yeah, the field house. Yeah, I've been real lucky though. I got to I play hockey, so I got to skate at the United Center. You realize how nice that ice is. It's oh yeah, like glass, perfect. Right. And then take some shots at um, the United Center, and we did this little we did this little contest. Tell me if you would do this. Uh, you get ten shots from half court. Okay. You sink one of them, you get a million dollars. But if you don't make any of them, you go to jail for two years. Get out of here! Who? Wait, what contest was this? Well, this is this is hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> Cook County won't take you in. Two oh, we years. Tried it. <laughs> Two years. I got it. Would you take the bet? So I said, Yeah, I'll take the bet. I was on Windy City Live. Yeah, I'll take the bet. I'll 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 knock that out. No problem. Okay, it's different when you go there and you know and every the cameras are on you. Five hundred grand a year, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. You're worth more than that? <laughs> yeah, a million dollars. Come on. Million for two years. For one shot. No way. Well, you get you get ten shots. Ten shots. Or I'm going to jail Are you for going two to jail years. For two years. No. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. So I said I would take the I bet. wouldn't take that bet with a left handed layup. <laughs> two so, I just the thought so, of being like, man. So here's what happens. We go out there and um, I'm warming up, just shooting around from three point land. I take a half court shot and I make it. But we During warm-ups. Yes, but the contest hadn't started. And I wasn't supposed to get to any warm-ups, okay? So technically, yeah. I cheated. I hit one in the warm-up. Then they're like, oh, no, 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 we weren't going yet. We weren't going yet. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Ten yeah. shots. I did not make one. But you didn't go to prison, did you? Yes. <laughs> this is part of my work release program. They let me out today. No, but it's a lot of Who pressure when you think about that? that. Who came up with there, that? There was time? something like on on we read it on some like social media site or something like would you do this? You know, right? Like there was another one that was um, it was um, you can kick not, a forty yard field goal. You get five attempts, but if you don't, we're gonna throw you into a tank with a shark. <laughs> like what? I wouldn't do that one. I'd rather Who go to prison. Who would do any of these? <laughs> well, the other one is um, a year without your cell phone or a year without sex. Oh, really? That was a, that was a debate that we a topic we debated on Windy City Live. <laughs> these are hard hitting topics. Yeah. You can see what I'm doing now I that I'm not doing sports go, in my life. I would probably. Have to, I think I'm already doing one of them, <laughs> and I still <laughs> use my cell phone like every day. <laughs> I wasn't part of this contest, but yeah. I said I said I would probably take the phone, you because probably, you can't live in the, today's world without a phone. Right. I mean, how did we do that before? If like if you were lost before, you had to like pull over. It's out of control. At, yeah. And I am part of it. Oh, I am too. I mean, I get it. I start to worry about my neck now because they kind of now there's <laughs> studies that say like you know looking down. Yeah. But my co-host Val, her she has her carpal tunnel in her thumb. She's convinced because of swiping and texting. I bet she does. Isn't that crazy? I love that. This world's out of control. She is great. But yeah, I said I would take the so you phone guys, because you can still do other things with your wife. Right. What about... Not your wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's your wife and my kids. <laughs> Tell me about... Greatest line ever in Major League, <laughs> no, which is the greatest is baseball, best baseball movie ever. Movie? Yeah. Major League. For what, what sure. Do you think? I mean, there's a lot of good ones, right? There's a lot of good baseball movies. I mean, movies. you like them for different reasons. Yeah. I love The Natural. The Natural, I love yeah. Field of Dreams. I yeah. love, Feel you know, dreams. Have you Bad been to that News field? Bears. I love, um, yes, I have been to Field of Dreams. Yeah. And I'm doing, a, I'm actually doing a show there in uh, September. There's somewhere I put one out. Did you? Yeah. Into the Field of Dreams. Field? Yeah. But it's, that's a short field. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, a short porch. Looks big on the It's a TV. big porch on the house, but the field, <laughs> looks short big porch. in the movie. But the, um, the best, the best major movie. league for sure yeah, is when, my, yeah. When he comes out uh, and they start playing Wild Thing, when he comes out of the, uh, comes out of the bullpen yeah it's like the best part there's yeah. so many great themes going on in that movie yeah you know the groundskeepers <laughs> you know the yeah. uh the pitchers the i, I really do that i remember seeing that movie at the theater and and i was a kid you know and i was like this is fantastic <laughs> yeah. when he's making the he's making the call they they offer the manager the job and he's <laughs> right. like oh, i don't know i got a guy on the other line wants some white walls <laughs> call you back tire world <laughs> yeah <laughs> that give him the heater <laughs> Crisco we're just gonna quote the movie for the yeah. next 10 minutes yeah I don't have an arm like you so that's your favorite baseball movie who yeah. is your favorite baseball player growing up you know my favorite baseball player growing up of all time and I have about 400 of his baseball cards I'm, I'm not kidding and he has a restraining order against you 
<laughs> I've never met him. Out of all all the athletes I've met, I've never met him. I don't think. No, nope, let me nope, see if I can guess. Yeah, see if you can guess. Guess he okay. was. Uh, so based on we're we're on the same baseman. age. George yep. Brett. Nope. Nope. He's third baseman. Yep. Uh, it's not going to be. Well, you're Southern Cal. Yeah, but that has nothing Lansford? to do. Has nothing. <laughs> no, he's Northern Cal. He's an eight. Yeah, he has. Um, no, he is, he lives on. The, he lived far away from California. So he was playing third base. Mm-hmm. Far away from California in mm-hmm. the '80s. In the '80s, yep. Um, it was pr- war. War number twenty-six. Oh, Wade Boggs. Yes. Yeah. No kidding. Wade Boggs. Out of all of the guys that could have been. Oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's like he was a singles and doubles hitter. Like most yeah. kids love like Conseco. My took... brother loved Jose Conseco. Did he really? hit the long and, ball. and where did that get him? Wade Boggs, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Um, you know, he he never didn't hit home runs very often, but when he did, no. I used to get so excited. I would. He always took up... the first pitch. He most yep. time took the first yep. pitch, right? The next And I think morning... he put that out there in the universe. And he did it for a while, but then every now and then he knew he was because guys were trying to get ahead of him. Right, but he would swing at it every now and then. Yeah, you know that he was so um, superstitious, which most players are. Yep. He was so superstitious that if he was on a hitting streak, you know, he would eat the same thing every single day. He would eat like chicken. Right. Every day at the same time, he'd put his shoes on at the same time. He would take the field at the same time on the clock. You know what they did? They at one of the stadiums, it would say it was like three uh, fifteen. He would come out, so he'd yeah. wait. It'd be fourteen. He'd wait. They they didn't let it go to fifteen. They skipped it and went to sixteen <laughs> on the clock. And he went like over four that day. Did he really? Yeah. Oh my god. Well then that guy is mentally yeah. weak. Yeah. <laughs> and he's your but favorite I, player. I, I, I have I still have them in like uh, I don't know in a big in a, in the basement somewhere is uh, all my baseball cards. I have like two Mickey Mantles. Oh wow. Some kid was so dumb. He sold d- me these Mickey Mantles that his like dad had as a really? kid. Yeah. I've thought about getting rid of all my baseball cards. I've thought and it's about like it the too. thing that you don't do that we all learn that lesson because our dads did. But they're the ones we have aren't really worth much. It's not I have like some the good Wagner. ones. Right. I have some yeah. good ones. But it's also like to take up a lot of room and Yeah. But I do still want to give them and, and then that, that's kind of weird too to just be like you know, I do want to give them to my son, but you know what you should do? And this I'm going to give them to my boys, do. but this is going to be weird. Like, hey, here's a, here's a bunch of pictures of some, some, some guys, guys in tight outfits. It's so weird. <laughs> I've had them under my bed, <laughs> but they're yours now. The concept of it's they're so like, weird. Yeah, right? it is a weird concept. It is. It used to but just be a I lo- used to love getting them. Yeah. I mean, I, I was did in, too. I was crazy baseball card collector. Yeah, I was Reading too. Reading Beckett. I mean, yes. I used to really think that you could take the card and go to the bank and just be like, yeah, I'm going to cash this in. This is worth... <laughs> Kick Four dollars rookie card. Yeah, remember that? Same Everybody wanted that. Yeah, I had the the Bowman. Yes, the Fleer and, and the Bowman. Yeah, uh, but every morning I would wake up, and this was, I mean, I guess Sports Center was around, but it wasn't like it is now. But so I always wanted to see how Wade Sports Boggs Center did. Is too much, right? Yeah, it's a little. Well, you always top. want to see. How yeah, so I, I would get this. I'd read the stats every day. I would get the paper. I'd look up the sports page, and I would look go right to the Red Sox. And oh, I would yeah. see how he batted that day. I mean, it's crazy. I can't imagine doing That's that. That's awesome, though. Yeah, I watch Sports Center when I'm on the road. I really don't watch it here in Chicago at all. I watch the local stuff. I mm-hmm. prefer that. I do watch, you know, a lot of Comcast because they're more sports focused and it's local. Yeah. Um, yeah on the you road, get your I teams. watch it. You want? I know you want to get your I teams. picture. I always picture Sports Center. I'm in a hotel. I just don't watch it. The only thing I watch on ESPN. And I the only show I really DVR every day is uh, PTI. I yeah. love PTI. PTI is not in Bristol. 
that's in DC. I think that helps mm-hmm. the show. Wilbon is a Chicago guy, yep. so there's a little Great Chicago guy. slant there for us yeah. to enjoy. And it's just quick. Yep. You know, they don't linger on anything. They don't. That's the beauty of that show to me is they keep changing the subject. Yeah. And that and show it was a model for every every show does that now. Yep. And they started. I think that show is underrated for as much influence as it had on television in general. Every news show does that. The ticker. Like yeah. What we're going to talk about when we're talking about. We next. tried that for a while. Did we you try really? that when you see live for a while? We copied you them. You guys are too good looking to take up screen. <laughs> That's you what gotta, I said. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so when you uh, see live, um, daily show, it's got to be a grind working on that, and you're you're doing a different show every day. Yeah, prepping for that. I always say it's like doing. Um, it's like people ask me what the difference is between being a sportscaster and doing this show. You know, there's a, it's very different. I mean, before you really just had to be an expert on your five teams, right. you know, and, and know your Chicago teams inside and out. Now, um, you, you talk about everything from the political race, which is so crazy, right. which I used to not be so into, sure. but now you have to be, and um, to, like, it's, to in, women's it's, hygiene. It's moved into celebrity. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the, the lines are so blurred. Right. Everyone's a celebrity. Yeah. Or trying to be. Trying or, to be. Well, we, we cover, you know, we cover everything from, we talk about our Chicago sports team. So I'm kind of the expert on, on any time we talk sports. Who's, you know? the, who's the biggest name that we, like, because you've met so many people. Like, who's the, the guy or girl that you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm meeting this person today and I have to interview him. Al Pacino. Right. I yeah, sat down no, with no Al kidding. Pacino. Yeah. It was the I coolest bet. thing ever. It was so cool. Like, <laughs> well, that's a different type of name. That's like a out of the stratosphere. That's like a top. Yeah, I mean, like AA. probably the I mean, arguably the greatest actor of his time. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like him and Nicholson, except in Heat. <laughs> we used to always make fun of it, like the overacting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, sorry, cook the kid, the chicken too long. <laughs> you can get killed walking your doggy. Like, there's just so much, like... He's so great, though. <laughs> I asked him, uh, I said, what's the line that people throw at you the most? When you're walking through sure. the airport... Oh, that's a good question. What's the line they just throw at you the most? He's yeah. like, oh, oh, you know, depends on the person and the age, but uh, usually it's... Uh, Hua, you know, I get, <laughs> yeah. he's like he's like analyzing. Right, he's analyzing it. It's like hua, uh, or um, sometimes I get you know say hello to my little friend. You know, I get that one. I go yeah, and then I and then I love what he says next. I love what he says next. He goes, or um, you know, sometimes people will say uh, I'm gonna give him an offer he can't refuse. You know, because I say that in The Godfather. Oh, is that what you see? <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. I, That's I, great. I hadn't heard of that movie. How tall was he come up to your waist? Yeah, he's not a big guy. How tall? Suit was kind of big for him. Really? I was, I was surprised. I was like, you'd think he'd have like the Well, maybe it was made Italian. for an adult. <laughs> <laughs> How t- I would say he, he's not as little as you think, but I'd no? say he's probably, uh, well, maybe 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, five, Pacino ten. and Chavarini. <laughs> That's, a, that's oh, two great. Italians, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was great. He loved Chicago, too. He says Chicago's like his favorite city. I mean, of course. You hear that a lot when people Italian. roll through? Yes. Yeah. Uh, most of them, when they are not here in January and February, they say that. Yeah, exactly. When they're here in January and February, well, that's usually like, don't even how do you come guys that time live here? here? Yeah. Right. It, it, we do have a slow streak of celebrities coming through during the beginning of the year for a couple of reasons. One, all the big movies come out. You know, summer is all the explosion movies. Right. And then the fall is when... is. 
Oscar season. So those are the Emmy movies. You know, all the great movies they save. So the biggest actors roll through a little bit later in the year, typically. But we've yeah, we've had um, you know Jimmy Kimmel co-hosted with us when we first started on the show. I remember that he was great. Yeah, uh, Vince Vaughn did a whole hour with us. He was great. Dwayne Wade, Chicago guy, did a whole hour. It's cool to have him come in. And the biggest thing is when you when you have an athlete come on the show, um, they they didn't just get out of a, a game, a heated game. They didn't just lose or strike out or. And, and they know they're not talking to a typical sports. Right, like, and and they're coming show. on typically. You know, it's everyone's adoring them. You know, we've yeah. had we've had. Yeah. You know, every major Chicago athlete has come through, and we've had Ozzie Guillen come on the show and give love advice. He can do like you can see him in a whole different light. Yeah, that was that's a great concept. Oh, it's a funny bit. If you if you didn't see it, we um, basically made him uh, our Doctor Oz. Yeah. we called him Doctor Doctor Ozzy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and uh, we had men on the street uh, people interviews and questions for Ozzy, and he would just give you just off the cuff, unfiltered advice yeah. on what you should do um, to uh, you know break up or stay together like what was one of the things it was like um, there was a there was a guy that was uh, dating a girl long distance yeah he was like uh, my girlfriend lives in london she comes and visits me you know twice a year but i really you know i don't know what i should do with this relationship and it came right right out to Ozzy and he goes dumper man you got the dumper <laughs> He's like, you know, there's beautiful women in Chicago. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my Pacino and my Ozzy sound kind of alike. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah. Dead on. And one of them is from Venezuela, and the other one is from New York. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, here's the best part, though. So uh, so a few, uh, you know, uh, he's doing like a movie junket. So he was getting interviewed by a lot of people, Pacino. So... You only I get you were talking about Ozzy. I was like, no, what? you only get What's a few you? minutes with him. But yeah. he, you know, he asked you your name. He dressed you by name. So uh, like thirty minutes go by. He comes out of this room, and he there's a bunch of us, you know, reporters. When when it's someone that big, you get one on one sure. time, but it, you only get like five minutes or whatever. And you're there so, unplugging everyone else's equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he walks out, and the lights kind of in his eyes, and he's kind of squinting, and he he looks over at, at a guy next to me. Yeah, he's looking at guy from uh, Entertainment Tonight. Oh, who's, who's right next to me, and he's got dark hair, I guess like me a little bit. Sure. And he goes, "All right, Ryan," <laughs> and he walks away. Oh, that's and, and awesome. The guy's like wanted to like reach out his hand, like, "Oh, you call me the wrong name. right?" And I'm like ten feet away watching this. But he remembers you. I'm unbelievable. Yeah, because you know these guys are meeting so many people. It shows you the the actor mind, right? To be able to memorize the lines they memorize. I don't think people realize what goes into that well of course not only that but like how you have to say them i mean that's what people like you know people gonna make fun of like oh yeah. they, they're just recurred they didn't even write it <laughs> right no it's, but every notice like every actor wants to be an athlete yeah. every athlete wants to be a singer or an actor you always want to do something that you right that you can't do if you were a professional athlete what sport would you play hmm that's tough. Let's see. Probably, I would I probably pick be, you know, basketball. Basketball? I don't know why. Yeah, I just think I uh, would love. Yeah, I'd be. I'd you don't have to, to wear like all that equipment, man. You know, just <laughs> yeah. kind of like hang out on the bench and like I can come in and hit a three if you need it. Yeah, maybe in the third quarter, I'll give you three minutes. <laughs> you know, that would be fantastic. That would be great, though, just to be a yeah three point guy, kind of stay out of the paint. Yeah, not get all beat up. 
And they're like, hey, it's time. We got to really bear down and play defense. And go get McGann out of there. You know? Right. <laughs> like, thanks, guys. Right. Go get him. Baseball is just too long. The season's so long. I remember Baseball, asking Todd Helton. You remember Todd Helton? Yeah, Rockies. I covered him with, with the Rockies. And I remember asking him, do you ever get bored of coming? Like, is this right. boring yeah, yeah. every day? And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm bored out of my mind. <laughs> and they get there so early. The sure. players are there four hours before the game starts. Yeah, those are long People days. don't realize. Like, they think athletes go out there and just play their one hour, two hours a day. It's like for me on TV. I'm on TV at one hour. People go, what do you do the rest of the day? Like oh, the, yeah. The right, other, right, right. Other, aside from the hour you work, what do you do the rest exactly. of the day? Uh, get ready for that one hour and make yep. sure that I'm up to speed on what I'm talking about. Yeah, the um, the preparation. Well, I always think too about when when someone gets injured and like what they have to do to come back oh, from that. Because some of like, these injuries are significant. Right, and like and, guy like D Rose, that's right. he lives his life in the rehabilitation room. Yep, you know, and to not doctors. that just got to break your will after a while. Right, or, and mentally also like strong. getting a huge contract. I mean, I'd be the guy like, dude, <laughs> really? You just gave me a guarantee for five years. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> what time's the game tomorrow? Yeah, seven oh five. I'll be there at about ten to seven. Right. I'll come in my uniform and I'll just show up. Like I, that would that's got to be very hard to stay. Well, and we and we see that happen unfortunately with some guys like when it's a contract year notice like guys have their best season ever right. and then like it's the big deal and then he can't hit at first you yeah. know and he had to kind of i no, don't know what thing. that is i almost think some play, um, players will say this that it's so much pressure even though they got the money and it's guaranteed now yeah. you've got to deliver no, and you're you're yeah. almost trying too hard it's like if you go you go golfing and you try to overswing you just won't hit it at all i could see that and i think that that happens and baseball is such a such a mental game. You have to be such so mentally strong for uh, every day, 162 games. That's, I guess to that's find tough. the motivation is you really just got to be like obsessed. Yeah. And be like, I'm, I want to be the best. Like my name is out yeah. here. I'm out here. Like I'm not going to embarrass myself. And like, the bottom line is 90% of athletes are there because they're obsessed. Mm -hmm. There's a few freak athletes that are just so good. You know, those kids you grew up with, they're just so good. They're so gifted and they can just make it to the league, you know, without really getting in the weight room. I played football with guys like that. Guys came in, they hardly lifted weights and somehow they yeah. just, oh, yeah. they're just genetic freaks. But for the most part, every guy that I played with that, that including my brother that made it to the, you know, NFL, so obsessed, live, breathe, eat sleep yeah. it it's all you think about you, you can't wait be, to get in the gym you can't wait to do that you're you know gym rat you're a yeah junkie. you're just you have to be addicted yeah. you have to be i mean it's like for you as a comic i'm sure you you like to watch a lot of you what your game tape is probably watching comedians and getting inspired for me it's you know i like to watch uh the late night talk show hosts and right. see how they do conduct interviews because you can learn from them like letterman was so great for so many years Did you ever start listening to this podcast <laughs> Just to pick up some some sweet some pointer skills. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, man. Thank you so much for being here, dude. Yeah, brother. You are always uh, a, a great guy and um, a thoughtful dude, and I appreciate you uh, agreeing to be a guest on the cycle. And we'd love to have you back. I and mean, we'll do a, a Windy City Live thing, but we'll get Val in. We'll get we'll have two guests. How about you? That's big maybe time. we'll bring Val in by herself first, and then we'll. That's we, big time. Yeah, we got to have a woman. We haven't had a woman yet. Oh, yeah. No, I would love to. Hey, thanks for having but me. But I want to uh, give you a plug here because you're great on Twitter. I follow you on Twitter, uh, at Ryan WCL. 
That's it. You can follow Ryan Cheverini there on Twitter. And uh, why don't you give him your Instagram? It's just my name, Ryan Cheverini. I just learned how to spell it last year, so it's going to be tough. <laughs> C-H-I-A-V-E-R-I-N-I. Honestly, it was like the worst name growing up. Yeah. Thank God they gave me a short first name. <laughs> it's, it's like, you're the last one on the Scantron. You're the last one right. to take the test. You just start. You know, you're like yeah, yeah. filling out the bubbles. Your name on the back of the jersey is like a, <laughs> yeah. it comes out the front. It's it like under the armpits. Around. It rolls around. I remember my brother was on SportsCenter and uh, Stu Scott uh you know god rest his soul but Stuart scott said uh, uh darren shiava can i buy a vowel oh really <laughs> does he said. have that on tape yeah yeah is that on the reel after it's, the t-ball it's on the reel <laughs> <laughs> it's progressive that is yeah, so you gotta watch all of the youth before you get to the pro highlight All right, that's it for this episode of The Cycle. We had a blast talking with Connor McKnight. And, of course, uh, I enjoyed my conversation with Ryan Cheverini. I hope you did, too. And I hope you are downloading The Cycle on iTunes. Please go to iTunes, download the episodes, listen there, subscribe, and write a review, please. Like I said, good, bad, or indifferent. Write some reviews. That will help us a ton. If you do write a review you will get a chance to win a Chris Sale autographed hat. We're going to be back next week with our fifth episode. I don't know when I'm going to stop counting these individually, but I know number five is going to be a great episode. So look for that post next Monday. Again, I'm Pat McGann, and this was The Cycle. Thank you. He did it.